The third quarter of 2021 saw four films break through the $100 million barrier while the world was now battling the even more dangerous Delta strain. To no one's surprise, Disney owned all four of the properties responsible for the box office bounce back. While movies like Shang-Chi, Black Widow, Jungle Cruise, and Free Guy were released in theaters, other studios were having reported success in the straight-to-streaming service or combined release models. These industry changes saw litigation, executive-level changeover, and marquee directors walking away from decades-old deals. Two things became apparent. Audiences would still turn up for existing IP, even in the continuing pandemic, but Hollywood was still anticipating massive change in the face of persistent uncertainty. Each quarter, a different Hollywood outsider and I will document and discuss the inside of the industry in real time. Four episodes, four outsiders, four questions. I'm Jason from Binge Movies, and this is the State of Cinema, Quarter 3. For nearly a decade, Kevin Brackett has hosted the popular movie podcast, Real Spoilers. Kevin keeps a keen eye on the inner workings and dealings of the industry behind the movies we love. And as a frequent guest of Binge Movies since 2019, I think he'll offer some interesting perspective on the ever-changing landscape of 2021 Hollywood. Now that we've had three quarters of this thing, where do you see the industry? Well, it's that's a hard question because movies that should be making seven hundred million dollars are making two hundred million dollars. So it's it you know success. The definition of that has changed over the past two years, and so studios have been sitting on these films. A lot of them cost one hundred and fifty, two hundred million dollars, and so zero dollars of income after spending two hundred million. And that's not even mentioning marketing and all the other expenses on top of that. Uh, you know, now they're making a couple hundred million. So I I think that you know gauging that word and gauging the success is different but i feel like these companies are happy to actually have money coming in as opposed to just continually sitting on these projects because they're not they're not going to just stop making movies and they've got all this stuff that has to come out and they're trying to make room for new stuff that hopefully will be releasing as things continue to get better so you know it's it's a double edged sword but i do think that uh, people that feel comfortable going to the movies and we've seen that uptick and more and more are feeling comfortable i don't think those people are going to go backwards i think that people that have the vaccine that do feel comfortable going to the theater or going to continue going to the theater as long as as things don't change as in um, theaters aren't taking as many precautions. If, if theaters were to slack on cleaning measures, if they were to say uh, no masks at all, you know, a lot of them around here, I know it's not everywhere, but a lot of theaters are like masks on all the time except for when you're eating. So if, if those things start to slip, I think you would see you would see a recession in the box office numbers again, but the movie industry after an entire year, you know, of being closed, I don't think they would let that happen. And therefore I think people are going to continue to feel safe that are already going now. Um, not everyone does feel safe and I completely understand that. And, um, you know, even people that are vaccinated, they're not necessarily making movie going a priority, but, you have to remember too that we live in this world of film and film buffs and people that live, breathe, sleep, eat everything, movies. And so 
you know, those people are going to get back to the movies quicker. And the people that are hesitant, maybe they were only going a couple times a year anyway. So, you know, it's just hard to say, you know, it's going to take a lot more for those people that weren't necessarily going a lot anyway to get back because I think a lot of them are still just, hey, I can watch it in a few months at home. And heck, now the window's one to one and a half months for most movies, if even. So, you know, you know but but that's the thing, though. What we're seeing is is a, uh, a synergy between the two or, or, you know, a coexistence between theatrical exhibition and streaming. Uh, we've seen success with movies. We've seen the dual... We, I mean, we've seen it fail and we've seen it succeed in some cases, but but we've seen that movies can make money if they do a dual release, and we can we see movies can make money if they're in theaters for four weeks and then do a home video release. And so they're kind of learning what is best. These studios, they're learning what's working best. But um, I mean, these numbers, uh, we we just had uh, we have theatrical only movies like F Nine, Shang uh, Chi, Black Widow. In the U.S. alone, those three movies are $200 million movies. They're all close to the $200 million mark. And when you look overseas, um, I'm going to check, I think F9, yeah, F9 is another like $550 million almost overseas. So, you know, that's theatrical only before, you know, they did a four to six week theatrical before DVD. And look at those numbers. So those are very telling if, if you know, your based on your reports and uh, the stuff that we talked about earlier in the year, I would not have expected it to bounce back this quickly. And so it's impressive. And I again, I don't I don't see it slowing down unless things were to get really bad as far as, you know, if we were to take a step backwards or but, a new, or a new variant or something. Right. That were to right. Emerge. That's ex- right. Exactly. It, things right. would have to get really bad with new variants and, um, you know, people would have to feel more in danger than they do now to stop them because i mean this we've got a lot of movies left to come out this year and there's only a few months left so if if the trends continue um i do think that the you know the industry is going to be looking a lot better going into the next year as covid continued disrupting the theater industry Studios began further pushing the notion of film as just another type of content for their own exclusive streaming services. I asked Kevin if he thought that quarter three advances towards streamers was an anomaly or a continuation of an inevitable trend. Theaters get more, they're getting more expensive because they're becoming more, I don't want to say niche, but um you know, you're seeing more dine-in theaters, you're seeing more of the fancy reclining seats and everything because theaters, they know the casual moviegoer can watch thousands, tens of thousands of movies and TV shows, hundreds of thousands of, of pieces of content, whatever you want to call it, uh, at the click of a button or, you know, their remote, their smart TV has it all built in. So they, they already knew that they had to make the theater going experience special. And so they've done that by installing all those niceties. But with the, that cost, you know, they have to pass that on to the consumer. So going to the movies is more of an event. Uh, it's more of a, hey, parents need a night out and they're going to get dinner and drinks at the theater in the comfy chairs, the heated seats, all that stuff. So the point is that the casual moviegoer isn't 
they're not going to spend the type of money that they used to. Or, I mean, they're not going to go as frequently as possible because it costs a lot more. I don't think theaters will ever go away. That's what a lot of people were kind of saying, like, oh, theaters are over. And it's not that they're going to go away, but it's going to change. So uh, Spielberg predicted it like 20, 25 years ago or something. And now he's signed a deal with Netflix. Yeah, I know, which is, it's really interesting because I think he sees, he kind of, I mean, you know, he's been through this. He he made Jurassic Park. He saw the visual, you know, the stop motion guys going extinct for the visual effects. And now he's kind of like, well, you know, this is the future. And he's smart enough to know and to have seen it coming that things are changing. And, um, but, but the streaming services are here to stay, and, but it doesn't mean theaters are going to go away, but theaters may be more like, uh, when you go to see a, a musical stage production, right? They might be. Yeah. Yeah. Like like going to see a Broadway touring production or, or even local, going to a sporting know. event where exactly. it's cost prohibitive for the days of walking up to the, even your local baseball stadium, unless it's a minor league team, yeah. and just going up to will call or, or going up to the ticket and just be like, ah, oh, just on a whim, I'm going to go see exactly. a sporting event. And people used to do that with movies as well. But I got nothing to do. You just walk right. up to the ticket window and go, what's showing and buy, get a ticket because it was $4. That's interesting. Like that's that's the thing is that you know when we grew up going to the movies, it didn't matter what was playing every yep. week. Every week you could find something. If you were a movie buff, if you yep. just loved movies, and like I said, if you live, breathe, sleep, dream about you know all day long, you're thinking yeah. about movies. It was like, hey, it's Friday. What are we going to see this week? It wasn't yep. like, oh, I heard the new Indiana Jones movies coming out in three weeks. Let's pencil that in. It's like, no, we're going to go to the theater because that's what we do for our entertainment. And you're right. You could just say what's available. And back then there were less screens, and uh, you know it was like, oh man, I. I missed this one so okay i'll go see this like you just you were going no matter what and the tickets were five or seven bucks but now that tickets are twenty dollars and you know again you just and you have reserved seating so it it makes it more of an appointment experience yeah it's no longer a passive pastime exactly where people just go to the movies and they see whatever now you have to be way more intentional even the business model makes it to where you have to be way more intentional to see these movies. We're also seeing a historic turnover in the heads of studios and companies. And the existing heads of companies are talking almost ad nauseum about how the entire way that talent is contracted is going to have to be completely redone, not just because of COVID, but largely because of day and date streaming or streaming in general. If a studio decides, COVID or no COVID, you know what? We think this movie would do better on our exclusive streaming service. They want to have the ability to do that without getting sued because so many of those deals for big time stars like Scarlett Johansson, probably the most notable, or Christopher Nolan as a director, their money comes, yes, they get a chunk on the front end, but most of their money comes from points on the back end and all of that is pretty is dependent upon the first two weeks of theatrical release. And if you shorten that or cannibalize in their mind that that opening weekend and that following week, then you're taking money out of their pocket in their mind. And so we see Nolan leaving Warner Brothers and shopping himself around. We see Scarlett Johansson uh, uh, suing Disney. We see Emma Stone. We see Emma Stone put float the idea of her suing and then taking a very lucrative deal for a sequel. 
Right. Um, and we see contracts just sort of being renegotiated and re-understood. We also see two of Hollywood's biggest talent agencies in a merger. What do you make of everything that's going on right now in, in the end of Q3 with all of this shakeup and turmoil and people in and out and purchases and sales and rumors and lawsuits and all of that? Where, where does that leave you? Clearly, streaming is the future, but you're right. It's going to be very hard for every single company to have their own streaming platform. And that's why we're seeing so much of this day and date stuff happen. Like uh, the Halloween Kills one, that is shocking to me. I think that's one of the biggest ones that we could discuss at this time period. Because Mm. if you look at the box office, other than those big IPs that we mentioned, um, and the reason why we didn't mention these other films that I want to bring up, horror films, is because their budgets aren't as high. So yeah, they're not making 200 million, but they're making 50, 60 million, and they cost five or 8 million. So that's horror. And uh, Blumhouse has been very good at this. They built a name for themselves over the past decade. And Universal is partnered with them now, and they're, they've got a really good thing going. And so if you were going to release a movie in theaters and expect people to show up, it is evidence that it's that horror movies are where it's at. Right. And so it is— That's a um, hardcore niche audience that's going to come out because they, they, they support the genre. They support and the atmosphere, right? Horror, yeah. I don't want to say necessarily necessitates, but— going to see a horror movie with a packed house or, you know, at least a lot of different people yeah. and you feed off their reactions. And yeah. if there's just a jump scare in your home alone, you might be like, Oh, well, that was scary or whatever. But right. when someone screams and that scares you and then you laugh because the reaction was so crazy, that's the type of thing that you miss when it, when mm. you're, when you can't go to the theater. And so horror really thrives on that. So we've seen it though. We've seen the numbers that during this pandemic, these movies that are performing can't, Candyman, $56 million, Old, $48 million, The Conjuring 3 that I mentioned earlier, $65 million, Domestic. Uh, these are movies that are making money, right? And so um, my point is that it's it was shocking to me that uh, they came out, NBC Universal came out and said that Halloween Kills, the movie that was delayed one year already, yeah. um, and could be released. They were saving it so that people could see it in theaters, right? Like they delayed it a year for the theater money. And then they say, we're going to put it included in Peacock. If if the business model changes, the compensation model has to change as exactly. well. Exactly. But yeah. it can't be based on box office because right. uh, there's going to be, they not that there's no guarantee, but but things are, are fluid right now, especially that they're not going to bank these, the people getting paid or that should be getting paid, aren't going to bank on them pulling, you know, pulling it out of theaters and going, Oh, this is good for our streaming. And then sitting there like, Oh, you know, Oh, I guess it didn't go to theaters. Oh, well, like, no, that's their livelihood. They, they counted on that. So they're going to have different criteria, certainly. So you'll see a lot of different contracts and the way that people are getting paid out. As we head into the last quarter of the year, what do you think we should be on the lookout for industry-wise for the fourth quarter? What, what's, what's a weather vein that we need to be looking at? Is it, is it simply going to be, since we have 50 different IP movies that are going to be coming out here at the end of the year, how, how successful those all are? What, what, is, what is it we should be uh, 
keeping our eye on? So I think the biggest thing, the the biggest barometer is going to be release dates and movies getting further delayed, right? Mm. So um, the Mission Mission Impossible and and Top Gun stuff getting delayed, that was a big red flag to me, thinking they kind of know that that things are, you know, I think now in hindsight, it's like, well, they didn't want to risk it. But at the time it was like, oh, do they really, they're not counting on things getting better. And if they don't get better, then, you know, box office is going to go down, so on and so forth. So I think if we see any more release dates shifting, that that's going to be another red flag. And, but, but I don't see it happening because again, these studios have already held on to these movies for so long that I kind of feel like they're coming out no matter what, like no time to die. That comes out in a couple of weeks from the time we're recording this. And it's like, they, they have to release it. They've held yeah. it so long. You know, they've delayed it already. They've spent the money on the marketing. I mean, it, at some point they're going to just keep losing more and more money if they don't just release it. So it's like, yeah, if we wait, if we wait another half a year and make another 50 million, well, we've already lost 50 million in marketing. So, you know what I mean? It's right. not going to make sense. Um, but if we see any more release stage shift, that's going to be huge. Um, but, but I, I think if they continue to come out strong, like, uh, the movie dates have been locked in now, I feel like a little bit more than in the last quarter. And, yeah. uh, yeah. if they continue to come out and then even things like Venom moving back a week and coming out earlier based on success of other box office, um, there are a lot of big movies coming out. And so I think that if we can get through this winter, you know, that's the big deal is that things are getting worse than they were um, last year. This time last year. And we have vaccines and we haven't seen this variant with winter. So, you know, if, 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 if we can, if we can get things under control and these movies still all come out and the box office stays consistent, then I don't see why next year wouldn't, you know, continue to get back on track and look better. But uh, it's that big if. It's the what? Yeah. What is the next variant? Is Delta? You know, is it mu? Is it? You know, is is Delta gonna die out and and things are gonna start getting better? Are more people gonna get vaccinated? So yeah, you just can't, you, we just no one can say right now. What are we going to look back on this year and, and think about it? How will this year be remembered historically? I think this year is going to be remembered as a lot of trial and error because I, I still don't think they're going to have it figured out by the end of the year. But the thing that we're going to remember is, uh, you know, Nolan leaving WB over, uh, you know, over this theatrical release of Tenant and and butting heads there and and uh, we're and uh, Denny Villeneuve uh, you know fighting with WB yeah. over uh, the way the Dune will be released and all these other creators you know I mean even the even the creator of the Sopranos is mad that uh, I mean again this is all WB because they're the ones doing all their right. 2021 theatrical releases day and date but you know we're gonna we're gonna remember this as the year that a lot of directors got pissed off a lot of streaming services tried some weird stuff and uh, some of it worked some of it didn't it's this is a total experiment and again not even being out of the woods with covid yet it, it, anything could happen but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of experimentation but some things are gonna work some things are gonna stick and we mentioned them it's the they're streaming and theaters are going to have to coexist and play yeah. nice with one another um, you know because it, 
there, there are good things about all of it. There are good, you know, the convenience, the safety of the streaming and, uh, you know, especially during these times, but the theatrical experience is great. And you have a lot of uh, people that uh, work for not even in just in the industry, they're going to benefit from these movies making money in theaters, but all the people that run theaters and, and, and work for the theaters, you know, that's mm. a lot of jobs. And then the experience of it that you get to get that communal experience and, and have moments like it, the, you know, event in Avengers end game when, when the crowd pops and everyone's coming together to talk about how crazy those things were. I mean, those moments at home would be cool. They wouldn't be as cool. And yeah. so, you know, I, I can't see that because of our communal nature as humans. I can't see those ever going away. But again, where's the compromise? And I think that they're starting to figure it out because, yeah, WB pissed off a lot of people in 2021. But their whole slate of 2022 is, uh, I believe, 45-day theatrical yeah. window um, before I, they go to streaming. So I believe that's right, yeah. They're, they're working it out in Paramount. I think Paramount started that. The Paramount Plus thing was 45 days. Uh, you know, so uh, I think that's going to be it. I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, 30 to 45 days. That's going to be the sweet spot. And they can adjust accordingly. I mean, uh, presuming the contracts all state the stuff, they get all that worked out. If a movie is doing not well in theaters, um, you know, what's the big loss to theaters if, you know, they still keep right. it, but then they it can go on VOD earlier. It's like, well, if you're going to go see it in the theater, you have your chance still and you've had your chance and, you know, they can make more money. I, you know, I think it's going to be more of a fluid situation, but the contracts will also reflect that. thank Kevin for coming on and doing this episode. You can find him at reviewstl.com or where he's probably most known as one of the members of the hosting triumvirate for Real Spoilers. Make sure you check out all the things they've got going over there. You can find it all at Kevin's Twitter page at Kevin R. Brackett. We're almost through with 2021. I know it's hard to believe which means we're going to have one final state of cinema for the year. Thank you so much for supporting this show. It's been an experiment. It's something completely different. I didn't really know whether or not people would get behind it, but you have, and you've welcomed it, and I thank you. Thank you for your feedback. You can, of course, leave us feedback at bingemovies at gmail.com or at bingemovies on Twitter. You can follow the show on Letterboxd, letterboxd.com backslash bingemovies. You can find our merch at bingemovies.threadless.com. You can become a member at bingemovies.podbean.com. Get your membership and all the benefits that entails. Lots of ways to connect, lots of ways to follow, and as always, we'd really love to hear from you.